This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader this station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Happy Friday and welcome to the Liz Wheeler Show. If you haven't already subscribed to the show, you know what I'm about to ask you to do. Would you be so good as to subscribe to the show? If you listen to the show, go to Apple Podcasts or Spotify and hit that subscribe button. If you prefer the video version of the show, well, go over to youtube.com slash Liz Wheeler or rumble.com slash Liz Wheeler and hit subscribe over there. On YouTube, there's a bell. If you click that, I can notify you every time we have a new interview, a new episode, a new video. We have all kinds of great content for you every day. Really appreciate everybody who's been subscribing. So what I want to talk about today is something that I like to do every Friday, and that is talk about stories that I don't think got enough media attention throughout the week, underreported stories, if you will. The headlines are out there. You can find them if you look for them, but in my opinion, my editorial opinion, they should be much higher on the priority list. And the reason for this, the reason, the, or the criteria that I'm using to determine which stories are underreported, which stories are deserving of, of more headlines and more attention, more eyeballs, more knowledge. The, the criteria that I'm using is one of the things that I try to achieve with my show. I was talking to a friend about this earlier today, and I was she was asking about, you know, how do, how do you pick topics? How do you determine what you're going to do? And I said that I have a couple of layers of goals, things I'm trying to achieve with the conversations that you and I have here every day. And one of my ongoing arcing goals that I, I want us both to achieve sitting here and talking about these, these pivotal political and cultural topics every day is I want to give anybody listening the information necessary to feel like they can, they can discard technocracy. Now, technocracy, this word, means rule by the experts. And it's something that we all, unfortunately, came into contact with in a very real way during COVID, where you and I were told, oh, you're, you're just everyday sorry people. Who are you to question the great Anthony Fauci, the science? That's technocracy, rule by someone, whether it's cultural or governmental rule, by someone who is considered an expert based on a credential versus a person having power and autonomy over their own life. And technocracy has largely infiltrated our country. We are a nation that relies on institutions and the so-called experts who run the institutions for almost all of our pivotal decisions that we make for ourselves and our career and our health and our family. And I reject this notion outright. It's actually, technocracy actually has its roots in, in socialism and Marxism. That's not specifically what we're going to talk about today because I think you and I generally understand that technocracy um, has roots in evil ideology. But one of the hard things for a lot of people is to look at institutions that we rely on, whether it's our healthcare system, whether it's our school system. It's hard to look at these people, um, these, these so-called experts, who for a long time sat at these places of authority in this hierarchy that we have created in our own minds and as a society, and to remove those experts from those positions of authority and instead transfer that authority to ourselves, to use institutions not as experts, but as resources. 
as resources for our decision-making versus deferring to those experts to make those decisions for us and for us to just adhere to what their, their recommendations are. I know this might sound vague, but what, what uh, in this conversation, that's this interesting conversation that I had with my friend, I was talking about how that's one of the things that I always keep in mind every day is people who have gone through COVID experience those years of government infringing on our rights, oftentimes say, you know what? It took that for my eyes to be opened, but I feel like I'm so much more aware of this structure in our civil society now, this structure that's corrupt, whether it's big pharma, whether it's big food, which is what we talked about on the show yesterday, whether it's the healthcare system and the health equity, the American Academy of Pediatrics, all of these different institutions, the teachers unions, these different places that we thought were on our side, we thought were advocating for us and our families are actually corrupted and shouldn't be automatically deferred to as experts. But all of this might sound negative and it might sound, oh my gosh, well, my world is then crashing down around me because I've, I've, I grew up and I raised my family and I operated under this premise that these recommendations from experts, these guideposts for our life were correct. And I feel that it's all tumbling, all tumbling down around me. A lot of people might feel that way and I understand that. I see you and I hear you. And so one of the things that I try to do on this show is not only give you the ammunition to fully open your eyes and see that this technocracy around us is corrupt and should not be implicitly trusted, that we should be the skeptics that the, the skeptics that I that I am, that I that I that we talk about, that we are together on this show, but also then to look to step back from society and look at it in a way that helps us reorder what it should be, both culturally and governmental institutions. And one of one of the the keys to this is understanding the is understanding corruption. That corruption is something that we're never going to eradicate. Corruption is the sin of man. It's, it's, it's wanting to acquire money and power and dehumanizing someone else in the process. And we're never going to escape corruption as long as, as long as sin is on earth. But what we can do is we can limit the possibility of corruption, which of course, this might sound familiar because this is the entire structure. This is why the entire structure of our federal government is one of enumerated powers of a limited government because the less power you give, to a government official, the less opportunity he has to abuse that power and weaponize it against you. And understanding this about corruption is key. So with all of that in mind, with all of that in mind, some of the things that I want to talk about today are, well, (laughs) the science himself, Dr. Fauci, is still on the payroll of the federal government. He still is officially, even though he said he retired, he's still uh, an NIH employee and reaping tens of millions of dollars of taxpayer-funded benefits in the process. We're going to talk about that. We're also going to talk about um, the 1619 Project founder, you know, who hates capitalism and hates America, is profiting to the tune of a million dollars from the capitalism that she says is uh, systemic white supremacy. We're also going to talk about the Penn-Biden Center, where the classified documents that Biden stashed were found. We're going to talk about the ties that the Penn-Biden Center has to China. And not just that, that's corrupt in and of itself, but how this influenced a Department of Justice prosecution of Chinese communist agents. Um, And then finally, we're going to talk about a Democrat lawmaker in our federal government who is actively trying to criminalize what she calls, quote, conspiracy 
to commit white supremacy, which sounds horrible on its face. However, she does not define white supremacy and she's a radical leftist who has accused each and every one of us on the right of being complicit in white supremacy just by our very existence and our and our support for conservative policies and maybe our vote for Trump. So all of that being said, let's get to it. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, so the first story that you'd think would be getting more headlines than it is, but it's not. In fact, this was reported on first by Dr. Marty McCarry at Johns Hopkins University, and then Jordan Schachtel at the dossier did a longer, uh, more investigative report on this. Kudos, by the way, to Jordan Schachtel. He's been doing incredible work lately. And he reports that Dr. Fauci, despite the fact that Fauci announced his, his retirement, probably in advance of the Republican-majority House of Representatives, he announced his retirement. He steps down from his position at the NIAID at the end of the year. He is, in fact, not officially retired. He is still on the payroll at the NIH. This is what Jordan Schachtel writes. He says, Dr. Anthony Fauci remains on staff in the government bureaucracy at the NIH and maintains his status as the highest paid bureaucrat in the federal government. Additionally, Fauci has secured an indefinite taxpayer-funded security detail, the dossier has confirmed. Fauci remains on staff at the National Institutes of Health, the NIH, so that he maintains eligibility for this taxpayer-funded U.S. Marshals detail, which involves more than half a dozen agents on a full-time detail. Jordan writes, in August of 2022, Fauci wrote that he would be stepping down from his position in December in order to, quote, pursue the next chapter of his career. In recent exit interviews with the corporate press, Fauci claimed to have received endless death threats, thereby justifying his around-the-clock taxpayer-funded security detail. However, this privilege is unique to Fauci as it is not even afforded to most cabinet secretaries. A full-time protective detail is billed at over $1 million per month, according to previous reporting on U.S. Marshall security costs. A large team of U.S. Marshall special agents have been detailed to Fauci for almost three years meaning that he has incurred tens of millions of dollars in taxpayer-funded security costs. It's not as if Dr. Fauci can't afford private security from time to time. He has become a very wealthy man over the course of his time in government. Jordan Schachtel writes, the government bureaucrat's net worth soared, especially during the COVID hysteria era. Via Open the Books, he disclosed a net worth increase from $7.6 million on January 1st of 2019 to over $12.6 million on December 31st, 2021. So first of all, how is it that Fauci's net worth doubled in the space of three years during the COVID pandemic when everyone else's livelihoods was wiped out? Second of all, does Dr. Fauci deserve an ongoing security detail because he receives death threats? I'm gonna be the first one to tell you that I outright condemn each and every death threat against any person in our country, no matter how terrible the person is. 
That's not, that's not how our system of justice works. We are not a vigilante. We are not a vigilante wilderness, wild land at all. We have a system of justice. Now, our system of justice has failed in this circumstance because Dr. Fauci has not been held accountable for the outright lies that he's told the American people, the exploitation that he has imposed on people. I'm sure YouTube is going to censor this next part. Dr. Fauci should be in prison right now because he not only has profited off of a vaccine that is not safe and not effective, this vaccine has caused untold harm and yes, death to people who were sometimes mandated into getting it under penalty of losing their jobs. Dr. Fauci is one of the most corrupt people in our entire nation who has inflicted more harm with his his collusion with Big Pharma than almost anybody else that I can think of. Does he deserve a security detail? Absolutely not. That's my money, your money that's being paid for round the clock security for Dr. Fauci because he rose to fame because he was media, he was a, a media hungry bureaucrat who aside from wanting the profiles and wanting to be known as the science, wanted to control everybody. This is, this is almost unbelievable. Dr. Marty Markari said that the fact that Fauci is still officially an employee of NIH is actually not the first time that this has happened, and it's not exclusive to Dr. Fauci, that this is a practice of corruption that is common at the NIH. This is what Dr. Makari said. NIAID's most recent chief of viral diseases, 85-year-old Dr. Bernard Moss, who just stepped down from his leadership role, still works at the agency. And Dr. John Bennett, who will turn 90 this year, also still works at NIAID as an infectious disease scientist. Last year, Dr. Francis Collins, age 72, stepped down from his role as NIH director and soon after was named co-head of the White House Office of Science and Technology Policy. Dr. Collins is also still working in a lab at the NIH after serving as director of the agency for 12 years. So I think what we have here is a situation where the NIH is corrupt, the NIAID is corrupt. We know that. We don't need to go over all the intricacies of exactly how they are in bed with Big Pharma or how Oftentimes, these bureaucrats who make decisions at the NIH, the NIAID, even the FDA and the CDC, they make those decisions to benefit big pharma, and then after they're private citizens, again, they cash out. We know that that happens. But it also seems like they, quote unquote, take care of their own. That when you are finished with your career, you remain on the taxpayer dole. You continue to get our money for not doing any work in exchange. That's corrupt. That's corrupt even separately from the security detail, but the security detail, I gotta tell you, burns me up a lot more than even this corruption. This is similar, by the way. I'm tacking on, this is, this is, a, this is similar, although unrelated topically. Similar, but unrelated topically, meaning um, other people, like the 1619 Project founder, Hannah Nicole Jones, um, she profited a million dollars just in one year from college speeches, going around to colleges and condemning the United States, painting the United States as being illegitimate, stolen land, systemic white supremacy, all that nonsense. She has called the United States, quote, one of the most unequal societies in the history of the world. (laughs) If the US society is so unequal, then how is it that someone who is just peddling a load of crap can make a million dollars talking about the crap that she peddles at college campuses? 
It's funny to me that the people who condemn capitalism the hardest are the ones who oftentimes profit by bringing no value to the market, but somehow convincing other people to pay good money for it. How is it systemic oppression and white supremacy if this, this woman, who is, is clearly a black woman, is able, without work, just by speaking, to make this amount of money? That one is, it's almost funny to me, but this shows the corruption. She's trying to destroy the United States from within, trying to destroy our free market economy, which is the backbone of, of individual freedom. That's, that's the, when, it, when the Declaration of Independence says life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. The pursuit of happiness is the fruits of your labor. Life, liberty, and property, as it's also known. Property meaning that which you own, that which is yours personally, that which you create, that which you bring to the marketplace, that, that which you purchase. This woman wants to destroy that, but not before she makes a pretty penny on it. Okay, well, I think we know why that, that those two headlines have not been reported on more than they are, but it shows the fundamental corruption of these people who society pretends are the quote-unquote experts. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, our second story here should be a bigger headline. It's a little bananas that it's not given the Biden classified document scandal, which is that that story is getting a lot of headlines, even from the mainstream media, even from the very leftist corporate press. I know they're calling it an accident. There are a few commentators and leftists here and there who are calling what Biden did irresponsible. And they're probably doing it to salvage their own reputations because they came down so hard on President Trump six months ago, doing something far less serious and certainly not criminal. But the fact remains that the Biden classified documents scandal is getting a lot of headlines, but this is not. This is only being reported by Just the News, which is John Solomon's operation. And that is the Biden Pen, or the Penn Biden Center at the University of Pennsylvania. This was supposed to be Biden's think tank, although I think we all know that Biden doesn't think. So there's some irony there. But this is, it was in the closet of Biden's office at the Penn Biden Center at the University of Pennsylvania, an unsecured facility where classified documents were found. What were Biden's lawyers doing searching this? Probably, probably, probably most likely they were under subpoena looking for documents related to a Hunter Biden investigation. Be that as it may, the University of Pennsylvania which is very closely tied to Biden to give him a fake think tank and office space on their campus, um, received money from China, a lot of money from China. And this impacted the course of US policy towards the Chinese Communist Party. This is what Just the News reports. The University of Pennsylvania, which hosted the Penn Biden Center, where classified documents were found last November, received $47.7 million from China in the three years 
when Biden was affiliated with it. In other words, it wasn't a coincidence that China was giving these exorbitant amounts of money to the University of Pennsylvania when Biden was there. It was, it was pay to play. It was purchasing of access to Biden. Why? Well, this is what Just the News writes. The University of Pennsylvania, the Ivy League institution which collected tens of millions of dollars from China while paying Joe Biden and hosting his foreign policy think tank, successfully pressured the Biden Justice Department to end an FBI counter-espionage program targeting Beijing's increasing influence within U.S. academia. Attorney General Merrick Garland shut down the FBI's so-called China Initiative in February of 2022, shortly after more than 160 members of the University of Pennsylvania faculty signed and made public an open letter demanding the program be shuttered on the grounds that it amounted to racial profiling. The faculty letter was part of a larger university battle against the program. The Department of Justice's own website still includes to this day a lengthy recitation of criminal charges or of criminal cases the four-year program had brought against members of academia who were working with China, either on espionage charges or failure to disclose foreign monies as is required by law. Okay, so first of all, we have talked about the China Initiative on the show a long time ago, a year ago. We talked about how an exorbitant percentage of professors at elite universities are paid off by China. They are they receive money from China and in return from that they either leverage influence over the way that they teach their students about the Chinese Communist Party or they commit outright espionage. They give usually intellectual property secrets about from the STEM field about technology and science to the Chinese Communist Party. Some of these professors are Chinese nationals. Some of them are, are in fact, Chinese by descent, even if they're American citizens. Some of them aren't. Some of them are American citizens of other races and other skin colors who are just selling out to the Chinese for the paycheck that the Chinese give them in return. This is an incredibly important, or it was before the University of Pennsylvania helped kill it, this was an incredibly important investigation that the Department of Justice was, was undertaking, these prosecutions, to try to prevent the Chinese from infiltrating our university system and stealing our information. Because when the Chinese do that, they're not just trying to make a buck on it. They do, and that's bad. But the real danger is they harness our technology and use it for their military apparatus. They weaponize American technology they've stolen and apply it to a military that practices to take the United States out. This is the University of Pennsylvania that pressured the, the Department of Justice, the Biden Department of Justice, to stop doing this. And the Department of Justice did stop. This is corruption to the level this is shocking corruption. This is, this is corruption to the level that it threatens national security. It's very easy to see. This should be a story that is, that is on every front page across the country because it shows the extent to which Joe Biden is in bed with the Chinese communists, which is probably not gonna surprise you. It's not gonna surprise me because we know that Hunter Biden does business with the Chinese. And after Hunter Biden got this billion dollar equity deal with an entity tied to the Chinese Communist Party, Joe Biden's positions, this is when he was vice president, towards China on everything from trade to freedom softened visibly. Joe Biden is bought off by the Chinese and this university, the University of Pennsylvania was a stooge for the Chinese communists. And yet, what, what do we do in our society? We defer to these, these Ivy League intellectuals, studies and research and 
quote unquote science that comes out of these universities, we defer to because we think, oh, these people are smart. These people are experts. They know what they're doing. They're on the cutting edge. We should listen to them. When really they're pawns of the communist ideology. And so is Joe Biden. The third story today, and maybe this one should have been the first one, because this one is about the CDC. There is no institution in our nation that was more widely trusted than the CDC and in the space of two or three years destroyed their reputation to become one of the least trusted institutions in the United States. The CDC is part of the administrative state, a branch uh, or an agency of the executive branch of the federal government. And parents especially and doctors defer to the CDC on matters related to almost every aspect of our healthcare. What does the CDC say? What is the CDC standards? What's the CDC's recommended schedule? This is, this is almost the Bible of healthcare, especially, as I said, for, for doctors in their practice. Doctors, take a pediatrician, for example. A pediatrician is gonna defer, defer to two things when, when, they're, when they're diagnosing and treating a patient. They're going to defer to the American Academy of Pediatrics, and they're going to defer to the CDC. That's it. Everything a pediatrician recommends a parent to do to their child is going to have come directly from the AAP, the American Academy of Pediatrics, or from the CDC. And yet the CDC has recently issued, we talked about a story similar to this a couple weeks ago, but it was from a university, a university that issued a list of preferred words that instead of this word, you should try to use this word. And we did, we did a whole episode on it, actually, because it's, it's worth talking about. These are the cultural the, the front lines of the cultural battles in our nation. And I expect that from very radically left universities, but from the CDC, they're doing the same thing now. The CDC issued a list of preferred words. Now they're trying to control our speech. And I, I wanna read a couple of, of them to you. Keep in mind that this, this is not effective language. This is not related to healthcare. This is just straight up neo-Marxism. It's straight up social engineering. It's not about health. It is ideology and it's neo-Marxist ideology. This is what the CDC list says. Instead of the words inmate or prisoner or convict or ex-convict or offender or criminal or parolee or detainee, try these phrases instead. Persons in pretrial with a charge, people who were formerly incarcerated, persons who are detained. So think of a violent felon, a murderer. We, we, a thug in the streets, we call those people criminals. Instead of calling that person that just mugged an old lady on the street a criminal, instead of calling that, that violent felon who was convicted, to a, a convicted of, a, of, of horrible crimes and is serving a lifetime in prison, instead of calling them a criminal, you're supposed to call them a person who was detained. A person who was detained. You're detained if after church, the old lady next to you getting coffee and donuts talks to you too long. You're detained if you can't get off the phone with your grandmother. That's, that's, that's a person who's detained. A violent criminal who's been convicted of a criminal charge is a criminal and it's okay to call them that. By not calling them a criminal, by calling them a person who was detained, you are not adequately expressing the violence that they have committed against society, the harm that they've committed against society. So next on the list of the CDC's preferred words, they say, instead of, instead of this, the uninsured, Try this, people who are medically underserved. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. People who are uninsured, people who are underinsured, people who do not have health insurance, people who are medically underserved. I don't think that it's the proper comparison at all to say that people who don't have health insurance are people who are medically underserved. Yet this is what the CDC wants us to say. Instead of saying homeless people, the CDC says you should, you should say people experiencing homelessness, persons experiencing unstable housing, housing insecurity, or persons who are not securely housed, people who are ex- experiencing unsheltered homelessness. This is not accurate at all. Because this, this insinuates that people who are homeless are simply without the access to a home or don't have access to a shelter. They're not, that there's a housing scarcity. This is not true at all. Homeless people are generally drug addicts. Homeless people are severely mentally disabled people, whether they're mentally ill or whether those drugs have made them addled with drugs. People who are, there there are plenty of homeless shelters for people and community centers and churches and outreach groups that specifically offer shelter to homeless people who generally don't want it. So to insinuate that it's simply because they, they don't have access to housing is part of a radical leftist narrative that housing should be free and provided by the government. And it's part of a larger strategy to move us all into Soviet-style apartment buildings. You think that that's an exaggeration, but it is not. It is absolutely not. And if you watched the show yesterday, then you you will understand exactly what I'm talking about because the left is trying to destroy suburbs, move us into dense city centers so that no one has a car, a personal vehicle. The CDC, however, says instead of saying that someone is mentally ill, you should say people with a pre-existing mental health disorder, people with a diagnosis of a mental illness or a mental health disorder. I just, to sit back and wonder why the CDC is focusing their time and our resources, everything they create is made from taxpayer money, focusing their resources on disassociating people from their behavior is shocking given the fact that the CDC has a role in helping address the health crises that our nation is facing from obesity to cancer to Alzheimer's to autoimmune diseases to chronic disease. And this is what they do instead. This is what they do instead. They don't want us to say a mentally ill person. They want us to say a person with a diagnosis of a mental health disorder. They say instead of saying homosexual or transgender or biologically male or biologically female uh, or using gendered pronouns like her or she or he or she, this is what you should say instead. Queer, pansexual, asexual, transgender, assigned male and female at birth. That's what you should say instead of saying biologically male. You should say assigned male at birth, designated male at birth. You should call people gender non-conforming, two-spirit, non-binary, gender queer, gender diverse, and pronouns you should use they and their. The CDC is actively pushing neo-Marxist ideology in the name of public health. 
This institution has been corrupted to its core. I feel like every week there's an, there's another federal agency, another agency of the executive branch, part of the administrative state, that I'm like, all right, that's it, I've seen enough, abolish it. The CDC has now met my bar. It is time to abolish the CDC. If this is what the CDC is doing, after COVID and now this, they call pregnant women pregnant people, you are done, you are finished. Get rid of the CDC. And certainly don't defer to them on anything that they say. If they, if, if they cannot acknowledge that someone is a biological male or a biological female, then they should not be trusted for anything related to science or medicine or health. Okay, story number four here. This happened in, in the House of Representatives, and it's not getting a lot of attention. Congresswoman Sheila Jackson Lee, this is from the Daily Wire, I'm gonna read it exactly. Congresswoman Sheila Jackson Lee, a Democrat from Texas, filed legislation last week to codify, quote, conspiracy to commit white supremacy in federal hate crime laws. The Leading Against White Supremacy Act, introduced days after the beginning of the new Congress, would enable the Department of Justice to prevent quote-unquote, violent activity in relation to white supremacy ideology. The bill does not define white supremacy. Nevertheless, it adds, quote, white supremacy-based motivation against any person to existing statutes that already introduce penalties for crimes uh, perpetrated against another person based on race, color, religion, or national origin. The bill defines, quote, conspiracy to engage in white supremacy-inspired hate crimes as an activity, quote, between two or more persons engaged in the planning, development, preparation, or perpetuation of a white supremacy-inspired hate crime. At least one or two, or at least one of the two or more conspirators must have published material advancing white supremacist ideology, replacement theory, or any hate speech directed against non-white groups, et cetera, et cetera. Okay, first of all, real white supremacy is evil but that's not what Democrats are talking about. This is the most obvious statement in the world. Real white supremacy is, is the mo the, perhaps one of the most evil ideologies of all the evil ideologies. It dehumanizes our, our fellow humans made in God's image. We all know this. But what the left means when they say white supremacist is the same thing that the left means when they say racist. It's the same thing the left means when they say extremist, domestic terrorist, transphobe, homophobic, it's the same thing that they mean when they say hate speech, when they say your words are little, literal violence, when they call you a, a sexist. What they mean is conservative. What they mean is, is someone who might have voted for Trump. What they mean is someone who is, is opposed to radical leftist ideology, who is anti-Marxism. They mean you. They mean me. They don't mean, they've actually belittled and demeaned the real meanings of those words to the point where if there's an allegation of white supremacy or racism, a lot of people just shrug it off. It's like the boy who cried wolf. We're like, okay, what is, did someone vote for Trump? Is that what you're talking about? Because it's not real white supremacy. So the fact that there's no definition of white supremacy in this bill is terrifying. You supply, you want Congress, the Department of Justice under Merrick Garland to supply the definition of white supremacy when they're targeting people? This is going to leave all of us in the crosshairs because the radical left defines white supremacy as a, a mainstream conservative viewpoint. If someone, the, the other part of this that's simply horrendous is that this is the end of it. It says, um, at least one of the two or more conspirators must have published material advancing white supremacist ideology, quote unquote, replacement theory or hate speech directed against non-white groups on social media or other platforms where the content could be viewed by persons who are predisposed to engaging in any action in furtherance of a white supremacy inspired hate crime. So essentially what this bill does 
is it, it makes you responsible if you post something somewhere that someone, some deranged person, could misinterpret, then you're liable. This is, this is exactly what they did to President Trump on January 6th. They said, well, they, it, had, it had dog whistles, it had signals, it had a secret code. He said, don't commit violence and go home. But what he meant, what he meant and what these people interpreted him as saying was actually commit violence against the Capitol. This is, this is banana stuff, very dangerous stuff, and shows the extent to which the, the institution of the Democratic Party has been co-opted by outright Marxism and hatred towards half of the country, hatred towards Republicans and conservatives, Christians, you and me. All right, story number five. Uh, a group of five Democrat legislatures in the state of Virginia, so state-level legislators, have introduced a bill that would allow children to transition genders without their parental consent. This bill is an outright assault on parental rights. It's, it's horrible. It's House Bill 2091 in the state of Virginia for anyone who wants to look it up. The people, the sponsors of this bill are Candy Munden King and um, Patrick Hope, Michelle Lopez Maldonado, and Marcus Simon. Munden King is the sponsor. This is what the bill says. Any minor 16 years of age or older who is determined by a healthcare provider to be mature and capable of giving informed consent shall be deemed an adult for the purpose of giving consent to consultation, diagnosis, and treatment of a mental or emotional disorder by a healthcare provider or clinic. So what does this do, my friends? This completely abolishes parental rights. It supplants parents with who? The experts. This is technocracy in action. And these Democrats at the state level in Virginia want to codify technocracy into law. Who's the expert? Some random doctor? Some ideologue activist? Who happened to get a medical degree from a, from a radical leftist university? Those people are qualified in the eyes of the left who want to give them the, the legal power to say, no, mom and dad, you are not allowed to make a decision for your child. The child is going to make this decision and I am going to steal the authority to help transition your child, to cause them irreversible bodily damage in the name of queer theory. These five stories are the five stories that I consider to be underreported this week and specifically pertinent to what's going on because we face we face the threat of a technocracy being codified into our law. It's already embedded into our culture and our society, but codified into law. These are government institutions like the CDC, like this like like the United States Congress to it to an extent, although the entirety of the United States Congress is not corrupt. The Democratic Party apparatus that sends politicians to Congress is corrupt. The state level legislatures, and then we have we have cultural cultural infiltration as well. The skepticism that we should use to address the world, the society at large, the institutions of technocracy should be of the highest degree. Question, question, question. Use experts as resources, not as the be-all and end-all. And my goal today is to give you, give you ammunition in order, in order to be able to reorder, help reorder our society um, for that purpose. Okay, if you missed any of the other episodes that we did this week, we had some really good stuff. We had um, the verdict on Andrew Tate 
as the name suggests, Andrew Tate's wildly influential online. He's been accused of sex trafficking in Romania. Um, well, he makes his money hiring women to, to act in pornography. And so we talk about how Andrew Tate is actually a false prophet preaching a false gospel, using tidbits of truth to draw in vulnerable young men and how absolutely objectively evil that is. Then we talked about Rush Limbaugh two years ago predicted the way that the Democrat apparatus would take down Joe Biden when they were ready to take down Joe Biden. And a clip of that went viral all over social media because a lot of people were saying, is this the moment that Rush is talking about? Is the Biden classified document scandal the, the, what Rush is explaining? How Obama is what Rush was what Rush said, how Obama would take out Biden. And we analyzed that um, and came to the conclusion that no, it's not that moment, but um, it, that moment could still be coming. We also talked about the World Economic Forum and Klaus Schwab and whether this is something that conservatives just like to put on a pedestal so that we can criticize or whether Klaus Schwab is as influential as many believe him to be and the, the devastating impacts of the, especially the environmental aspect of his ESG policies when it comes to electric cars. You don't want to miss that one. That one's one of my favorite ones from this week. We also talked to Callie Means, who is a former lobbyist that worked for Coca-Cola. And he said he was in the room when Coca-Cola bribed, paid off, bought off the NAACP to paint anyone who was opposed to soda being included in SNAP benefits as racist. So you can find those anywhere that you get your podcasts. You can find them on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Stitcher, on YouTube, if you like to watch the video version, on Rumble, um, and of course, always airing at 7 p.m. On, on the first TV. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. I'm Liz Wheeler. This is The Liz Wheeler Show. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.